Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Our discussion today is going to be about veterans policy making over the next four years under a Biden administration. Uh, Suzanne Gordon is VHPI, which is the Veterans Health Care Policy Institute senior policy analyst, and her work expands over three decades, reporting on health care programs, workers, policy, and has authored or edited 21 books. Suzanne has written two books, The Battle for Veterans Health Care and Wounds of War. And we also have Jasper Crave, the interim executive director for VHPI. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. And uh, give us a little bit more, Suzanne, about what is going on about the Biden administration. What are we looking forward to? Uh, Well, uh, it's great to be on. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we have an unprecedented opportunity in a new administration to do, I think, two Mm -hmm. things, or actually three with the the Veterans Administration. Um, One is um, reverse the damage that Trump has done to um, the Veterans Health Administration and Veterans Benefit Administration uh, by failing to fill its positions, failing to adequately fund it, and pushing privatization or the outsourcing of veterans' care and uh, compensation pen exams, which I think Jasper will talk about, into the private sector. So that needs to be reversed. the second thing that needs to be done is the VA needs to be expanded. Uh, it certainly needs to be expanded to accommodate the needs of, of the many veterans who have lost their health insurance and jobs and will need help from the VA and health care from the VA, uh, and, and more claims will be filed to the VA. And the, the fourth thing is to address long-standing problems. The third thing is addressing long-standing problems in the VA, like uh, there's some a, a fair amount of toxic management that's been encouraged. Uh, the VA in Memphis is one example of this, where they've lost tons of people in their mental health department. And, um, you know, the, the Biden transition team on the VA, and the other issue, sorry, is to reverse uh, the tremendous uh, attacks on VA workers and their unions under Trump. And the Biden administration, you know, has a huge opportunity, but the Biden transition team that they've appointed is really worrisome. There's some very good people on it. Kayla Williams, who was the director of the uh, Center for Women Veterans in the VA and was pushed out under Trump, Meg Cabot, um, as Phil Carter. But there's some other people on the team that are really worrisome. Bali Yahia and another woman who represents Ascension Health that really are have a huge stake in VA privatization. And, and what's really stunning is there are no representatives of any VSO 
Veterans Service Organization on the transition team, if you contrast this with the transition team for the Department of Labor, I think it's something like, uh, I don't know, uh, nine out of out of uh, 23 members are from unions. So this is not a good sign uh, for a new beginning with Biden, and I think uh, hopefully this is going to need to change. There's also no members of veterans unions like the National Nurses Union or AFGE on mm-hmm. the transition team. Oh, boy. That's a, that's a kind of a, a rude awakening, I guess. <laughs> you know, I uh, wasn't aware that that was all, uh, all that was Yeah, well, on. veterans yeah. better wake up because they yeah. need to really be calling Congress and actually you can actually register concerns at the transition team. I think it's... Uh, I'm not quite sure how you do that, but um, but it, it it is worrisome. And I know Jasper has a, a lot to say uh, about the the outsourcing of comp- compensation and pen exams that <laughs> that um, that Trump has uh, ordered, yeah, which so, is something. Yeah, because I guess that even at a, a minimum, right, Suzanne, we could be, be at least. Uh, con- you know, looking at our congressional members and the people we put into elected positions to talk about that and, uh, you know, to, to start bringing that issue up. That is very, very worrisome, you know, that we don't have that uh, VSO, you know, representation and uh, all the other myriad things you were mentioning. Uh, that That's something we really better pay attention to. Yeah. Um, but but Jasper, you know, tell me a little bit more about um, your, your you know the vision about the policy making. What do you think needs to be happening for within the next four uh, years? And uh, Suzanne has really given us a great um, you know sort of landscape about what it, it looks like going into this thing. Yeah, great, great question. Uh, great to be on. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure. Uh, well, if folks are looking to get a, a comprehensive uh, analysis of what needs to be done over the next four years, they can visit veteranspolicy.org, uh, and they'll find there that we have laid out a pretty broad and sweeping vision um, to both undo a lot of the damage that has happened over the last four years, but also really improve the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, and and enrich it for the future, for future veterans, and as well as for those who are uh, receiving services today. Uh, you know, the, the short story here is that the Trump administration has ruthlessly uh, privatized key veteran services over the last four years. This has been most evident in the VA Mission Act, which was passed uh, with bipartisan support. Uh, a couple years ago, and that basically uh, funnels billions of dollars, thousands of veterans into the private sector, which, as has been made clear in uh, innumerable uh, uh, research analyses, is not prepared to handle the uh, unique wounds of war that uh, those who've served often face. Now, the most recent development here is uh, the complete privatization of compensation and pension exams. This is a bit of a wonky issue, but as any uh, of your veteran listeners will know who use the VA, these exams are critical in order to secure care and benefits uh, before anyone can get let into the VA unless they meet certain qualifications. They need to uh, basically be evaluated 
and a clinical professional needs to make the declaration that their various ailments, whether physical or mental, are connected to military service. So these are very critical exams, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they really influence the future of a veteran's life and their family. Um, and for a long time, uh, this work was completed almost entirely by uh, staff within the VA who know about PTSD, who know about military sexual assault, who know about traumatic brain injuries. But because the VA has been underfunded for so long, uh, there came a point under the Obama administration where there was a real uh, sort of crisis uh, and, you know, vets weren't getting these exams in a timely fashion. Rather than uh, support the VA to ensure that that could happen, a number of exams were privatized and uh, a sort of crew of private companies stepped into the void. Uh, that mm-hmm. The number of private exams has been increasing in recent years and under Trump, uh, it's set to really overtake the entire pension uh, and compensation uh, process. Now, uh, there is ample evidence not only that the companies providing these exams are not uh, aware of the unique wounds of war, are often not competent in ensuring that veterans get a fair disability rating, uh, but also that these exams are costing far too much money. The VA to this day does not have the systems in place to ensure that they're being billed correctly. So, you know, taxpayer dollars are just moving out the door in a way that are very difficult to track. And there have been a lot of lobbyists really pushing, pushing this decision. And, uh, and it has now been decided. So uh, we're hoping that it can be reversed, that some of the VSOs and some lawmakers can really push back and ensure that the veteran comes first here. But it's, uh, it's a troubling development. And I, and I think that what is even more troubling is that, you know, all these legislators in Washington who say they're against privatization and VSOs who say they're against privatization have said nothing about this. And this is total privatization. Uh, Biden has said that he's against total privatization. Well, this is total privatization of um, of uh, the Veterans Benefit Administration function. It isn't what we call the salami strategy, where you you know outsource the care of people who have to drive for more than sixty minutes. This is this is no more comp and pan exams in the VA, and I. I think it's absolutely staggering that this has gone unmentioned and that nobody is paying attention. Uh, I mean, we, you know, there are some groups like the law firm Bergman and Moore and other groups um, that are paying attention to this, but you don't hear much about it, and the BSOs in Congress really need to get on the stick about this. Yeah, you know, I, cause I, you know I'm a veteran myself, and, you know, I did a couple of tours of uh, combat duty in Iraq, and I, you know, um, when I go to a private uh, payer, you know, I, I can see a dis- you know distinct difference in the way that I'm being approached. Usually, the, uh, they have no clue about why you're there or why you're in front of them. If you if, if I would approach them about any kind of uh, veteran uh, associated issue, but when I went to the VA, I felt like they, you know, many of them have already served themselves. So you do have some. Uh, VA uh, officials who actually did put the uniform on, and then you have a lot of VA officials who are there for the right reason because they care about veterans. And uh, I've always felt like it was like a homecoming to me. 
and to sit in a, in a waiting room with other veterans and to talk to them and, and feel like you're connected really does a lot for a veteran. Um, but if you go to a private office, you, you know, they have no idea of what you're there for, what these pieces of paper are, and, you know, who knows what happens to them when they finish. <laughs> um, but so I, I, I really um, I understand what you're saying about the privatization and the worry and concern about that. And, and I think this has to be really at the top of the list for um, for who is chosen as secretary of the VA yes. and who is chosen mm-hmm. as undersecretary for health and undersecretary for for the VBA and you know because it's not just the secretary it's there's all these other uh, positions and we need people who are committed to reversing the privatization and and strengthening the VA and you know this is going to be really important in the coming months over the COVID crisis because um, you know veteran unemployment has gone from three to twelve percent that was in the first surge we don't even know what it's going to be like at the end of all this so there's going to be more claims there's going to be more people needing help yes, and yeah. um, uh, you know I think we also need to see a secretary in a in a Congress uh, and and uh, undersecretaries who are committed to expanding uh, VA coverage to people who have other than honorable discharges uh mm-hmm. and and to really we believe that all veterans should be covered by the VA you know um it's crazy now the way congress defines a veteran you have to have served for 2 years with active duty and you have to have a discharge that's other than dishonorable and there's all kinds of confusion about that yeah. and you know so i don't i think that needs to be reversed as well Yes, and, you know, and, and you have veterans who, you know, I served for 26 years, but I have veterans who, you know, joined and were in there for one year, two years, three years, but um, actually did serve overseas in uh, combat zones as well. And uh, they certainly would uh, seem to be uh, deserving of, you know, coverage under the VA system. I just don't understand that piece of it. Um, and, you know, we we actually have to really start talking about, you know, the representation of veterans in uh, Congress as well. We do have, you know, uh, c- congressional members like Tammy Duckworth who are in there and uh, making sure that uh, veterans participate more fully in that process as well. Yeah. And and I think you're absolutely right. I, I also think, though, it matters which veteran and what they believe, because there are sadly a lot of veterans and a lot of veteran service organizations mm-hmm. who really don't support the inclusion of uh, veterans with uh, other than honorable discharges. You know, they think that mm-hmm. I, what do you mean, you know, we should cover this guy who got drunk or got into a fight or was in, mm-hmm. you know, didn't show up for formation twice. I got out of the service with no problem. And they don't understand and aren't sympathetic to veterans who have PTSD or, or right, right. you know, something like that. And, and I think that a lot of education needs to be done in the veteran community because if you have veterans, rep, you know, we're assuming that all the veterans who get elected to Congress share our beliefs, and that's not true. Yes, you can't right. assume that. Yes, yes, yes. And, 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 you know, and it goes back to the, the care that people are receiving as well and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, we're running out of time. Can you give us a little uh, less than a minute closeout? Uh, we want to make sure that um, 
we you know get the get the uh, website again. Uh, I think that was veteranspolicy.org. You were saying, Jasper, do you want to do it? Okay. Yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, www.veteranspolicy.org. There you will find our uh, vision for the future. You'll also find previous white papers that we've written on a whole host of topics. Suzanne and I are both investigative journalists in our own right, and we have written a number of deep dives into uh, pressing veterans' issues, including the massive vacancy crisis inside the VA, which has been improved upon some during this pandemic, but is still very real. We need to ensure that the government is fully staffing these hospitals so that vets can get in uh, and get care when they need it. Uh, So, you know, we're really here. We're fighting day in, day out ensure that the VA remains strong into the future, and we hope your uh, listeners can uh, check us out and well, support us. Oh, we will, and thank you very much for VHPI. We're going to have to have you, Jasper, and Suzanne back uh, again and again, because you're doing a wonderful thank job. You. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode, and for more details, visit americashg.org.